Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. So what you see up on the, the screen there is I'm calling this the integrity compass. The integrity compass. Now, th- there's something I... I just looked at, for, at a compass and integrity. I, I punched that in, and look what I came up with. I came up with this thing. That's right. On, you know, you can find that if you Google. So what you see is you see a compass, and you see integrities on there. You know, and, uh, and, and really, a lot of times as Christians, we don't realize it, but when, it, when we ask Jesus to be our Lord, and he comes in to us by his Spirit, we get an integrity compass deposited in us. And, and if you really think about it, you can have integrity if you're not a Christian. Uh, I grew up in a family, we weren't Christians, but I felt like my father had integrity, and my father preached integrity to us. My father was about doing the right thing, and my father was about being honest, and my father was about not lying. And, and we really, we were sincere, but Jesus wasn't our Lord, but my father was sincere. And, and he put morals into me, and uh, into my brothers, and we always knew uh, because of his preaching to us on what was right and wrong, we always knew when we were doing wrong. We, we knew it because he put that in it. So, so really, there's people that aren't Christians that have morals, and, and you find that out there. Uh, but, but then, how much more then should we as Christians, isn't that correct, how much more should we have those things in us? So we're going to talk about it. Here's a scripture, and I think this scripture is uh, very interesting proverbs 11 and verse 3 this would be our text for today it says the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by duplicity so isn't that interesting that integrity can guide you so you know we were talking about how god you know how how does god guide us the first week and we talked we looked at jesus the foundational apostles and prophets the holy spirit uh and uh and and spiritual manifestations and those kind of things but here's something else that we see that actually we can be led or guided by integrity it's interesting so it's so exciting to me that we can be led by the holy spirit but i don't know about you this this should be equally as exciting to be that we can we integrity can actually lead and guide us it can take us somewhere it, it can, it's a guide, it'll take us somewhere. And here's the thing about it, every Christian, if you're a Christian and you're sitting in here today, you have an integrity compass on the inside of you. It's there, okay? If you grew up and your father didn't preach integrity to you, if you grew up and your father wasn't like the father that I was blessed to have, and you had no father, or you had a father that was a liar, a cheat, anything like that, well, first of all, you should forgive him and love him. But secondly, it doesn't matter now. Because when you got saved, God put an integrity compass on the inside of you. And it's powerful. It changes you. It makes a difference, okay? So we're going to look at, here's what we're going to look at today, just to give you an idea. You don't have to write these down because we're going to look at each one of them, but we're going to look at the lack of integrity, and I like covering 
I want to just take a little bit on the negative side and then we'll go positive after that. But we're going to look at the lack of integrity. What integrity, what is integrity? Is integrity necessary under grace? The benefits of integrity and how to act with integrity. So that's basically what we're going to do today as we go on. So let's start off and look at this. Let's look at uh, the lack of integrity. So let's go back to our scripture again and let's look at that. It says the integrity of the upright guides them but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. So Solomon wrote that, and what you see there is Solomon is doing a contrast between integrity and duplicity. Okay, he's contrasting the two things. You can actually miss that if you don't, because I kind of like, I always like positive things. Uh, I think, you know, God is so good, and I'm always looking at positive things. So I would, you know, have a tendency to be to just go the integrity of the upright guides them and stop right there because I don't want to read the, the negative part. But you know, it's good to read the whole scripture. So it says the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity because when you read the whole scripture, what, what you see there is there is a contrast between integrity and duplicity. And that's one of the things that help us to understand this scripture. So let's look at this word uh, duplicity. It helps us if we look at it. And duplicity, uh, if you look it up, the, the definition is contradictory and it's doubleness of thought, speech, or action. So duplicity is like, when it talks about that kind of person, it's talking about a person that wavers. It's talking about a person that might say one thing in the morning and a different thing in the afternoon. It's talking about a person that you know, goes back and forth between things. That's what duplicity's talking about there. So duplicity has its consequences or there's results when, when you have duplicity going on. Uh, what are some of the results? Well, it'll, duplicity causes people to do the wrong thing. They, you know, they'll do the wrong thing. They'll make wrong choices. They'll, they'll, they'll uh, make wrong decisions, okay? So it actually is taking people somewhere. See, the integrity of the just or upright guides them but duplicity also guides. That's one thing that's in that verse. There's a contrast there. So you can say duplicity guides just as much as integrity guides. All right, so here, here's a way that we can uh, say this. There's, there's a student, okay? So I don't know how many students we have here, whether uh, you're anybody's students sitting here today. But there's a term paper that's due, okay? And so the date comes for the term paper to be due uh, and the student doesn't finish the term paper, okay? So the student goes to the professor and says, you know, I didn't finish the term paper. And the professor says, why? And the student says, well, had a death in the family. And the professor says, oh, who was it? And the student says, my first cousin. And the professor says, oh. And then the professor does a little research and finds out that there was no death in the student's family and it was a lie. And so then the student pays the consequences for not turning the term paper in, okay? But what happens is the professor does not trust that particular student. So that student did not follow integrity. That student under pressure decided to tell a lie to try to get a little mercy and grace. But because of the lack of integrity, now the professor doesn't trust that student, okay? So what we, what we can say about that is this, we are known by our words and actions more than by our beliefs. And that's out in the world. I'm just, 
here's the thing about that if you understand god if you understand what jesus did if you understand righteousness and, and understand everything in the bible if i see a christian lie or make a mistake according to the bible it says if you see a brother commit a sin that isn't unto death pray and ask forgiveness for that brother or sister and so I don't change, like, uh, if I see a brother or sister make a mistake, I don't change the way that I think about that brother or sister because I know what the Bible says. I know they yielded to the flesh, and I know that they did the wrong thing, but they're still a new creature in Christ, and I don't see them any differently. But out in the world where there are not Christians, it's not so. So, you know, I, I, I like, of course, because where I grew up, I like gridiron football, and my team that I like, the quarterback is now married with, I think, two children. And it, be, he's a good father now and uh, changes diapers and everything from what I, you know, read about the sports news, really turned out into a good guy, you know. But before he got married, he would get drunk and he would do things. So he got in the news that, uh, and, you know, when you have a $100 million contract, the gold diggers come out. So he's at drinking and getting drunk somewhere at a pub and goes into the bathroom with a young lady and then she comes out and says he tried to rape me and it gets in the news and that happened to him in las vegas and it happened to him in the state of georgia two different places two different gold diggers did it they had no proof they they did dna they had no proof and he got cleared of all the charges but you know when i you know when i go on the sports pages you know and do my and read uh, what do they call it the the forums where the fans can you know look at what all the other fans are saying you know I, I kind of like sports guys and uh and boy they still hate this guy you know in his last name I don't want to say it because I mean uh, he's a he's a born-again Christian actually and he did all this stuff as a Christian when he got drunk and made his mistakes he's born again and I knew that he was yielded. He, he got drunk. He yielded to the wrong thing. And I knew he was doing the wrong thing. And I could forgive him. And I could. And I know he's still a Christian. But out there in the world, they his last name is in a certain way that you can put rape there. It's like a German name, so it's like a burger. And then you could put rape, you know, in there and make it a rape. You know, like like it's, it's instead of his real name, it's rape burger. You know, like something like that. Okay. And that's what the world does. So every time that somebody mentions him on one of these, these talk boards online, there's always somebody that reminds us of who they think he really is. And I thought, well, he's not really that. He's a born-again Christian. He yielded to the flesh. He got in the news. It was big, made a big mistake, but God has cleansed him, and God, and God has forgiven him over that. So that's the way us Christians should be with one another but that's not how the world is so so the way the world is that we're actually known by our words and our actions more than our beliefs and that's the way it is out there okay so that that's the neg negative side of a lack of integrity and 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 i you know i use that example but we could talk about lying you know like when you're under pressure if you lie we could talk about all those things and there's always consequences to those things okay so let's move on to the positive side and let's just start talking about like what is integrity then so here's a definition and i, I just simplified this definition because i did you it can get more complicated but i try to make it as simple as possible 
staying with a code of moral values if you define integrity so integrity is staying with a code of moral values it is doing what is right regardless of difficulties or consequences so the student you know uh, could have done something different as a matter of fact uh, l like look at this uh, look at this little slide it says integrity it's acting in line with your beliefs okay acting in line with your beliefs and most people know lying isn't the, the right thing so let's take that test let's take that story or illustration of the student and turn it around the same student there's a term paper due okay so the student doesn't get the term paper finished in time uh, goes to the professor and says I didn't finish the paper the professor says why didn't you finish your term paper the student says because I mismanaged my time and I didn't get it done in time my fault the professor says thank you I appreciate your honesty you'll still pay the consequences for that I'm not you know you didn't get it done in time but here's the result that professor now trusts that student because that student told the truth so so you, you understand you can see the difference so so here's uh, what we can say about that uh, this for us as Christians integrity is already on the inside of each of us we only need to yield to its guidance because the Bible says integrity will guide us right so integrity is on the inside of us all we need to do is yield so not every Christian will always perfectly yield and sometimes Christians do the wrong thing. And, here, and, here, and here's the thing about it. Well, here, like what we'll do is let's look at this here, and this will help explain it so I won't get ahead of myself. See this question here, is integrity necessary under grace? You know, and, uh, and, and, and I, some of you might think, well, that's such a weird question. Why did you put it up there? Well, because I have people coming up to me and tell, they ask me things like this. You know, it, it, sometimes there's not a, a clear understanding about grace, and, uh, and, and if there's a misunderstanding about grace, then you actually have Christians thinking, well, well, it's, it's all by grace, and does it really matter? So I just want to bring a few scriptures out, uh, because, I mean, if you, if, you don't, if you think it doesn't matter, then you won't care about integrity, okay? So look at this. Uh, well, before we look at it, let's say this. That, you know, the question is this, if we are righteous and under grace, does God care about integrity? And here, here's the answer, yes, God does care about integrity. It's really easy. And here's, here's some thoughts about it. God loves us the way we are. No doubt about it. Okay, and, and here's another thought. None of us are required to work for God's love or forgiveness none of us are required to work for god's love or forgiveness okay so that's that's all truth god will give love and forgiveness for free for all of us and and the bible talks about it you know about uh thank god that we no longer have to live under condemnation thank god we no longer have to live under guilt okay so that's that that's truth okay now on the other side of that coin god loves us so much and he puts so much in us that he actually has now empowered us so we can change because of what he did now look at these scriptures philippians 1:27. it says whatever happens conduct yourself in a manner worthy 
of the gospel of Christ. Okay, so does God, we're under grace, does God care about our behavior, our conduct, or does God care about integrity? Well, it says now, whatever happens, you know, you know that really means like no matter what high pressure situation you might be under, because even though we, you know, some of us grown-ups might think, well, a student that doesn't get the term paper done, is that really high pressure? It might not be for somebody my age, but for somebody that's right there, and they're, and they're just 12, 30, I mean, how, how old, how, whenever they start, I forgot when you start school, but anyway, however old you are, you know, it's pressure for that age. We could look at, at our age and think, well, that's not a big thing, and I would just tell the truth, but for somebody that age, and then in, and even in certain countries, now we lived in Singapore for four years, and you know, kid, children in Singapore, uh, the pressure in Singapore to get good grades is so high that they'll actually commit suicide kids because something about that country it gets on them the parents care so much about their kids and the and their and their marks their grades and so kids have jumped off of buildings because they they didn't do well in school now i wouldn't care that you know I just know one thing, and you guys know my stories. When I was going through school, I was the troublemaker, and I got terrible grades, and I would never get under pressure about grades. I didn't care. That was me. But for somebody else, when they're under pressure, they would feel pressure, and they feel like, I have to lie. I didn't get my assessment done, and I have to lie. And you see, so, we, we, so there's something different that makes all of us tick, but what you see there, it says, if you go back to that, whatever happens conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel so there's actually something in the bible about conduct so uh, so what you can see there is even though we're under grace integrity does matter to god because it's written there look at another scripture first peter and there's more scriptures i just put uh two but it says uh, but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do now, that, that scripture is telling us, of course, we know that Jesus was the only perfect one. There'll never be another perfect one. But what that, the, the Bible, you know, kind of says, aim, aim up here. I'm, gonna give, I'm, gonna, I'm going to give you the highest and the best. I'm going to reveal the highest and the best to you. And you can aim there. But you know, none of us are ever going to be perfect. But, but we should all have a desire. It says, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. In other words, when we're conducting ourselves, like think about, you know, what, what is the right thing to do in every situation. So here's a few other thoughts uh, about that. Even if you don't conduct yourself properly and you don't act with integrity, right while you're acting that way, God's love doesn't change toward you. God isn't pleased by it, but God will never stop loving you okay and god will always freely forgive everybody but god does according to the scriptures and we could have put many more scriptures up there god does care about our conduct so uh i, I like the story that my brother-in-law uh, mark hankins who's going to be with us in coming up in may but mark hankins when he was a young guy he got put in jail you know uh, his father was a pastor and his father got a call on a wednesday afternoon and and then that's back and they still might have church on Wednesdays, Wednesdays in America, but, you know, it was Sunday and Wednesday most of the time, so it's a Wednesday, and 
Mark Hankins' father gets a phone call from the police station and says, your son is in jail. Can you come and pick him up? And Mark's father says, I got church. I'll come after church. Let him sit there, you know. That was Mark's father. So after church, you know, he went to pick his son and got Mark out of jail. And so Mark was not a very well-behaved guy, but he was a Christian at the time, okay? So Mark's father actually then sent him to Africa to be with a missionary with the thought that maybe he'll change. And you know something? When Mark was in Africa, he got the revelation on who you are in Christ. And he definitely radically changed. But before he changed, you know, and and Mark was always a good communicator. He could speak. He was very powerful when he spoke, no matter how well he behaved. But this elderly lady told him, and this is what I really like, this elderly lady, lady said, Mark, you're like a cannon in a canoe. And, you know, you just don't want to shoot a cannon off in a canoe. And so what, what does that say? Really, you want your conduct to be able to handle your, your cannon. And his conduct wasn't, at that time, able to handle his cannon. It is now. And, and so you, you see that, you know, we could, want, we could you, know, you, you know, just have this desire to get really deep spiritually and to operate in all these deep things. But if, if uh, the other part isn't right, it's still it's guiding us and leading us in the wrong direction you see so you understand when we say well which way should i go this is as much a part of it as the holy spirit and all the other things that we would consider more deeper spiritual okay so let's talk about this and here's before we do that the anointing you know just to say this the anointing represents god and the lack of integrity misrepresents god so we we all need to remember that the anointing represents god and if there is a lack of integrity, it misrepresents God, okay? So let's go and talk about now uh, some of the benefits of integrity, okay? So this is from the business world first. So I did some Googling, and, and this is what I found uh, concerning the business world. Here's what they say. In the contemporary business world, integrity is one of the most sought-after qualities, not only of individual employees, but also companies, okay people often define integrity as doing the right thing even when no one else is around you it is the ability to act with honesty and be consistent in whatever it is you do it is you are doing based on the particular moral value or belief compass you have so that's and you can get so much it's amazing how much is online about integrity and business and, and here's what they say, too. We're living in the day of the Internet. And so I was reading this article as I was getting ready. I, I read a, very, a, a, a number of articles about integrity in the business world. And this one article said, because we're living in the day of the Internet, that uh, many people can buy products online now. And so, uh, and so because there's always this alternative thing that you can just go online and buy a product. So what they said, you know, if you don't have your, if you don't have your company and your place of business in order, and there's not integrity there, there's just so many options nowadays. And so what, what they're saying in the business world is only the companies that have integrity will make it. The other ones are going to go under. So you can see in the business world, like the benefits of integrity would be you'll stay in business, and you'll uh, do well in business. So you see that in the business world. Let's talk about the church world, and let's look at this scripture. Uh, look what it says here, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2 it says 
make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, we have corrupted no one, we have exploited no one. I think that's such an interesting scripture. This is, this is the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, talking to the church at Corinth. And what he's telling them is he's, he's wanting them to make room in their heart. You know, Christianity is a heart religion, if you want to call it a religion. Uh, Christianity is alive and living. It, it's not a, a dead thing. And, and here's a, a, a thought about it. Christianity does not work in an environment where there's legalism. Okay, it's a heart thing. It's alive. And so if there is an environment of legalism, it doesn't work. But it also doesn't work if there is another kind of environment because it's a heart religion. So if there is a lack of integrity in what you see in that scripture, he's saying, make room for us in your heart. And then he's saying, this is why you can make room. You can open your heart up because we haven't wronged anyone, we haven't corrupted anyone, and we haven't exploited anyone. And, and so what, what you see there when we talk about the benefits of integrity, uh, they're, they're great. Actually, this, this came to me. Uh, trust is the currency of influence. Now, actually, there's a statement that Tony Cook put out and, and it's just like this. It says, trust is the currency of ministry. But, I, I, you know, as I was just getting ready, I felt like I should exchange the word ministry and put influence. Because, like, in the marketplace, trust, uh, trust is the currency for influence. Uh, when you're working your job, at your job, trust is the currency for influence. If you want to consistently influence people that you rub shoulders with, trust is that, is that currency to do that influence. So it's, it's in the church world, it's important, because if there's trust, you have people open up their hearts and you have influence. As soon as there is a lack of trust, the hearts are closed and there's no influence. And so you can see that integrity and being led and guided by integrity has great benefits. And, and here's just some of the thoughts about uh, some of the benefits of integrity. If I, I, just had, I just put four up there. But these are four big ones. And I'm sure we could put more up there. But when you think about what are the benefits of integrity, well, trust is big. So people will eventually trust or distrust somebody based upon integrity. So if there's integrity, if a person has integrity with words and actions, they'll get trusted. The next thing you see there is influence. When there is trust, guess what? There's influence. When there's influence, you can affect people. Without influence, it's hard to affect people. You, 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 you want influence. So even in, uh, if you think about living in a neighborhood you know, and right now we, we've been in our neighborhood and um, we, uh, it, we're living in a busy world, you know, and we still haven't made a, a significant friendship in the neighborhood. We've just been there since November. And, uh, and I had a few things to get out of the way, you know, with things that I was going through at the time. But we still, at this point, haven't made a significant 
friendship or any kind of relationship in our new neighborhood. But if we would make a friendship, you know, uh, based upon our words and our actions and how we're perceived, that will affect the degree of influence that we would have in those people's lives. And so the, the benefits of integrity is trust and influence, okay? Uh, and then, and here's the thought, you know, as soon as you cut somebody off, you no longer can have influence in their life, okay? Like, you know, you know, I don't think we realize sometimes God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. If God would have hated the world, he would have lost his influence too. Everyone's afraid of a God that hates but everyone opens their heart up to a God that loves. And so with relationships, think about this now. If you can love people, even though they wrong you, you keep your influence with them. And that's why we've tried, Patsy and myself have tried over the years, um, we've tried over the years never to let a relationship go down, get broken. You know, so, so we, we've thought about everyone that has ever worked for us since we've been, anybody that we've employed so far up until this time, we still communicate with them. So even if we had to release people, you know, and, and they, uh, because of a reason that they needed to be released, we still communicate with them. We didn't want anything to be cut off. You know, now if somebody cuts it off with you, that's a different thing. But we did our best to not cut it off with them, okay? Relationships, but but when you consistently love and forgive you'll consistently have influence as soon as you stop loving and forgiving you lose your influence and so you you want somebody to change but you're not going to be any instrument that god can use to help them change because you lost your influence okay and then another benefit of integrity is is guidance okay so uh integrity and that's the scripture we saw integrity actually can guide us through all of our decisions okay and then longevity one wonderful thing about uh, integrity is if you have it you'll be around for a long time it'll you'll you, you'll have longevity so those are just some of the main benefits of, 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 in, of integrity okay now let's talk about this how do we act with integrity all right and it's really simple I like things that only have two parts. You know, sometimes you got the eight steps to victory. <laughs> Whoops, I forgot number five. I guess I can't have victory. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> but I, I like two steps, and, and those things are good, by the way. I, I, like, I like seven, and I like all those things. Don't, don't, <laughs> just being fun. I'm trying to be funny anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but I like a two-step thing. And so, like, like if this is just two steps, like, how do you act with integrity? Okay, here it is. Number one, you know what's right. And number two, you do what's right. <laughs> I like that one. So let's, let's talk about the first one, knowing what's right, okay? So you, knowing what's right. Well, here, here's some scriptures, and, and I like these scriptures. Look at this one. Uh, in Psalm 119, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure by living according to your word? And that's the Old Testament. So actually, even in the Old Testament, God is saying, my word is powerful enough to keep a young man pure. And that's even in the Old Testament. Okay, so it, our, 
a young man's flesh is not strong enough. A young man's willpower isn't strong enough to keep him pure, but God's word is powerful enough to keep him pure. Okay, and I, I think that's where everyone misses it, that, that they think they can do it in their own strength. But if we think, well, okay, know what's right, well, we're, we're, where do we get that from? Well, that's a good place. So if, you, if we live according to the word, it's powerful enough to keep all of us pure. That's what the Bible says. Okay, look at another scripture. Psalm 119, 104, I gain understanding from your precepts. Oh, I like this. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Now, I did a triple thing on hate there. I underlined it, I made it bold, and I put it in italics. It's, it's a triple. Like, that's a big, you know, why did I do that? Well, it's because, look at this, it says, I gain understanding from your precepts or your word. When you get understanding from the word, then it says, therefore. So it doesn't say your willpower, it doesn't say the strength of your flesh, it doesn't say somebody else pointing their finger at you, telling you what you should or should not do, but it says, I gain understanding from your word, therefore, and then it says, I hate. And I thought, you know, when you get so full of God, and when you get so full of his word, and you get so empowered that way, you'll actually hate every wrong path. I really like that. So you can see where, you know, well, how do I know what's right? Or how do I get the strength to do this? Well, it's sure, it's sure, it, I can't give it to you. You know, we're, I'm teaching the word, but I'm not the word. I'm, I'm pastoring this church. But where you can get it from as the word of God, his precepts. Okay, look, look at another scripture, New Testament. Uh, no, wait, one other one, Psalm 119 and 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So when, when we talk about integrity can guide, um, integrity will guide. It, if you want your path lit up, if you want a light to walk, the, the, where, where you get the lamp and the light is from the Word of God. And that'll guide you. So as much as the Holy Spirit, and we're going to look at that next week and the week after, and, and the work of the Holy Spirit with guidance, but as much as that is wonderful, the Word of God is wonderful. And the word of God, as we said before, the word of God and the spirit of God, they agree. Okay, so, so we, we made mention, you know, if, if you're married, God's not going to lead you to somebody else because you're already married. The spirit of God will not lead you to a different person and you say, well, God is leading me here. No, you, if you're married, you're, you, you know, you're, you're already married. God, so the word and the spirit agree. The word tells you what to do with your marriage. And the Spirit of God won't say anything differently. They agree, okay? Um, look, look at this New Testament scripture, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16. It says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and I will write them on their minds. So, you know, how do you know what's right? Well, as soon as you get born again, there's some deposits that are made. This, you're, you have the deposit, of course, the spirit of truth comes in you, but you also have the deposit God puts his laws into your hearts and your mind. And so it was an amazing thing for, for me, and you guys have heard my story, but, you know, I, I, I'll remind you again, every other word out of my mouth seems, it was the F word, it was like I was a big-time miserable guy cussing all the time, I was just not happy. 
F this and F that, you know, and etc. And then I accepted Jesus as my Lord and something radically changed and I no longer wanted to talk that way. It, it, it was from the ins. No one told me not to cuss because I didn't get saved in the church. I got saved in a Bible study in a restaurant uh, that was about 25 or 30 miles away from my house. And, I, and, I, and even before I found, I found a Pentecostal church to go to, but even before I found that church, I didn't want to cuss anymore. Something happened on the inside, and I didn't want to do it any longer. It was an inward change. I was empowered, and I was changed from the inside. It was awesome, okay? And so God does that. So, so his word is so powerful, and we get empowered by that. So then let's just end up here today. The second thing is, this, you know, just do what's right, you know, and it's easier said than done, I realize, but it's, it's easier when you're empowered. <laughs> it's easier when you're powered. So, okay, so just to, to end today, I want to just say it one more time. We have integrity on the inside of us. We have an internal compass on the inside of us. We only need to yield to it and not to anything else, and that's the simplicity of it. So integrity will guide us we have all of those things on the inside of us, and all we really need to do is yield to it. Uh, amen. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at if you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.